And so we're thankful that you're here. I want to make sure you connect out at the Connect Tent today so we can uh, just build a relationship. We want to start a friendship with you, and we'd love to do that uh, uh, this week. So please uh, get back there. We've got some gifts for you if it's your first, second, or third time. Uh, And today we're going to start a brand new series. And what better phrase or or word for our, our series to kick off is the word release. So we're going to kick this off. And I really believe that God's going to release something in us as individuals. But I believe that he's releasing something in us as a community. And, and really, I believe that's going to touch a generation. And, and you can look at me like I'm a crazy guy with big dreams, and that's fine. Uh, but I believe that God's going to start something in us, and, and he's going to begin to give us a vision for the future um, in, in these coming days uh, in this, throughout this series. And so it's crazy because a few months ago, God gave me this series about, um, about release, and I didn't know when it would be time to re- release it. <laughs> um, and it's so crazy when um, we started realizing this was the season, this was happening, um, that uh, you know, God just said, hey, now's the time, and, and you're going to be shocked by, by what we get into. It's a fun time of year. Anybody love the month of October? Anybody else? My, my neighbor, is, um, she's like Halloween is her thing, and so she came over to Taryn because we have you know, a, a two-and-a-half-year-old, another little baby on the way. She's like, hey, don't want to offend you guys, but like my yard's going to be crazy. <laughs> my, I've got like a graveyard set out up front, and... Um, and so we saw that. So there's lots of fun things about October. It's my birthday. No big deal. It's my birthday. Anybody else got an October birthday? Hootie hoo. Um, we're going to have a cool fall community night, early announcement, October 16th. That's going to be a blast. Uh, but it's pumpkins. We took Beck, Beckett to the pumpkin patch the other day. It was so cool. I, I wish I had this picture up there where he just holds it up, and he's got like a, this little tiny pumpkin. He's like, champion. I took it out of this giant thing. And uh, so it's pumpkins. It's crazy costume time. Anybody get excited about got their costume together. I'm really thankful that Walmart has pulled their naughty nurse toddler outfit. Um, I don't know if you guys heard about that. It was ridiculous. They pulled that. Glad they pulled that off the shelves. But there's lots of crazy things we see going on. It's football time, right? Football, like kind of in the swing of things. Go Gators. Go Jags. And I'll just tell you, I think this is the year for the Jags. I think everybody's doubting. Everybody's scared. I think this is the year for the Jags. I mean, we are on track, man, to get that first pick, and we are just on our way, and it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year. Actually, next year is going to be a good year, so we're looking ahead, right? We're planning for the future. Um, no, it, it's also the time of the year. October is like when you see the scariest commercials, right? <laughs> you're, like, you're like, oh, gosh, I can't look at that, or like heads are spinning on TV, and you're like, what has happened to our world in October? All of a sudden, like, we love like crazy things. Um, uh, I'm not that person, though. I mean, I know some of you are like, oh, you love the horror movies, you love scary movies. I don't. I've just never understood paying to be scared, because when I grew up, scared was a bad thing, like, like, and I'm definitely not going to pay somebody to have help me wet my pants or like <laughs> stay up all night. I already have issues sleeping, so the last thing I need is like crazy things to keep me up at night. So if you're into that, you have fun with it, but I'm not touching it. Uh, but it's that time of year, and nothing scarier. One of the scariest movies I ever saw was that movie Final Destination. Okay, the first one, it got weird after a while. But it was about like real things that could happen in just crazy circumstances. And to me, nothing's, the thing about horror films and, and scary movies is when it actually feels like it could happen. And you, you're scared to like go in your house at night. And that, that's what makes us afraid. That's what incites that fear is that it could actually happen. Nothing scarier than when it happens in real life. Like something really scary happens. In real life. When I was like 16 years old, I had just started driving. Man, I, I was like going for like a world record of how many accidents I could get in in, in the first like year and a half of 
And I got in like five in the first like year and a half. Somehow I still have my license and, and my insurance was like $1,000 a month, it seemed like. But, and I was paying for it. It was t- terrible. Uh, but I, I'd had football practice early on a Sunday. And then I went to the beach all day, all day long. And then I had to come home um, late Saturday night. It was like midnight to, um, to uh, go to church the next morning. And, and so we're driving home, me and my brother, uh, from being at Anna Maria Island. I don't know if you know, it's one of my favorite places that I grew up, kind of going to the beach. And yeah, there you go somebody. Um, and uh, and uh, my brother falls asleep. We're really tired. It's been a long day. And we're going on Interstate 75. I've got it in cruise control about 80, 85. And uh, anybody else drive like that? Um, I don't do that anymore. Promise. Um, and we're in cruise control. My brother falls asleep. And it's not but a couple of minutes later that I fall asleep at the wheel. Nothing scarier than when scary things happen in real life. I fall asleep, and I wake up to my body jostling as I hit the car next to me into the sound of the, the, the rumble strip as uh, we wake up. My brother yells my name, and, and, uh, and I just kind of just see your life flash before your eyes, and you're trying to take control of the, the car. And I didn't have control of the car. I mean, when you're asleep, you don't have good control of things. And nothing's scarier than when scary things happen in real life. That was one of the scariest things in my life. And I'll tell you, uh, just as a testimony, God like protected me in that. I mean, somehow he kept control of that car when I was out of it. And uh, he kept control of, of really all of it and kept me alive. And I'm, I'm, for, I'm grateful for that, that I can hang out with you guys and have life and a uh, scary moment. And I feel like I've got a lot of scary things going on in my life. And so if I can just be really transparent, uh, first kind of emotion when I'm hearing all this with Jesse is it's, it's just um, pain and like fear and uh, wrestling with kind of the depths of what's going on in me and, and, and just dealing with that for a couple of days and beginning to let God take control of that fear in my life. We've got a new baby coming and my life's going to be transforming. And every time, you know, first time we had it, I was just worried about really the fear was how's that going to change our life, our relationship, the fun things we get to do. And, and God slowly began to give me peace about that. Fear is a heavy emotion. And it's one in this season, I think it's a great one to just start off. Let's look fear in the face and call it what it is and really allow God to speak into our hearts because we all have fear. And really at, the, the, at the, the core of our issues with fear is our control issues. Most of us, we're doing our very best to get control of our life, to get control of our kids, to get control of where we're going in life, to get control of our business. We're doing everything we can to control it. And when we don't have control, we're afraid. We're afraid. We can't control what our kids say anymore. We can't control the new management at work. We can't control it. And really, we just, the emotion that's bubbling beneath us is fear. What's tomorrow going to look like? Where's my paycheck going to come from if, if, I'm, if I've been laid off? How are we going to live? What's going to happen to my family? What, how am I going to get to this dream I had, this vision I have? And it's fear that's all at the bottom of this somewhere. But scripture says that perfect love cast out that fear. And I want us to, to grab a hold of the perfect love that God has for us today. Not just like love, not like really good love, but scripture says perfect love. Another scripture says God is love. That means he is the very definition of love. Like I think as, as believers and as, as, as seekers of God and truth that 
We try to comprehend that, but we can't comprehend a God who actually is love. We just do our best to kind of live that and act like that. He cannot help but operate in love to you. And maybe you've heard other stories about God, but he is love, and it's perfect. He's the definition of love. And so pray that as we dive into Scripture today, we'll find some rest for our fears and just begin to release those as we release control. Fear does a lot of things. Think about fear, and you've got some slides to help me out here. Fear is a natural response. There's something human. Like, I didn't, like, think through it. I didn't have time to think through the kind of fear that I was going through in that moment. It was a natural response, and so immediately, what was my response? It was fear. And so over time, over a few minutes or a few days or a few months, we can kind of rationalize and put reason behind that, but it's a, it's a natural result of a lack of control. Fear is, is also, uh, it, it robs us. It puts a stranglehold, a chokehold, if you will, on life to the fullest as God has planned it. Some of us are just okay with like just this normal like little American life we've got going, and I think most of us, if we're really honest with ourselves, we're longing for something more, a different look for our family, a different lifestyle that doesn't kill us in the process, a different purpose, a different something to put our hands on, and I think God's just going to teach us to release it and let him speak to us. It puts a choke on life to the fullest, that promise. It robs us of the peace that God has made provision for already. That's what fear does. It robs us of peace. You know that God wants you to have peace. I don't know if you're like me. I have a lot of trouble sleeping at night. If I, if I wake up or I have a lot of things going on, I'm stressed, I can't sleep. But it compromises that peace that God's already made provision for. He's already made plans for. He's already brought that to us. And it's just a matter of us accepting it and receiving it and releasing the fear. It also, fear keeps us in this, this continual habit and routine of just this natural life. It locks us into what I call a death loop, a death loop of our human habits and routines. It locks us there. You'll never step outside of it because it's comfortable to have this type of life. Jesse, if I can just speak for you, I know you're, you're scared to death. I, I know you, I know you, I know that, that where I was when I was moving here, I had that fire and that was the only thing that was driving me, but, but there's fear that's riding beneath the surface. And, and if we, we obey that fear and if we stay locked into that, not only will it rob us of the life to the fullest and rob us of our peace, um, it, it'll keep us locked in this a death loop. We're not going anywhere. We feel like we're spinning our wheels because we're afraid to do anything else. We're afraid to do something different. Afraid to do something that God might be telling us to do. So we're going to dive into some scriptures, and it's going to get deep for a second, and I'll kind of bring us back out of the deep hole for a second, okay? Um, and let's, so let's move to um, a passage of scripture in Psalms. And, and I'm going to be hitting kind of uh, probably four scriptures this morning. But as we go in, I, I just really want you to begin to open yourself up to what God wants to do as we really learn what it means to release control so, uh, excuse me, not Psalms, Proverbs 19.21. Uh, the first thing I want to tell you is that control is a myth. Control is a myth. Like, wait a second, control is a myth. Yeah, control is a myth. We think we have control, but we don't have control. We've never had control. The scripture tells that. Many plans are, are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. Another translation says the purpose of the Lord 
will stand. We can have all these plans and stuff, but, but the purposes of God will prevail in our lives. And this is kind of bringing up a kind of big theological question. Two kind of concepts that we're supposed to kind of somehow um, mold together. One is the sovereignty of God. That means that God oversees everything. He, 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 he shapes everything in our life. Everything that happens on this earth, God caused it. And we begin to have some big questions there. Okay, God, what about evil? God, what about the evil things people do? And I think a high majority of us will say, well, obviously, Man has free will, right? That's the other theological concept. We have free will. So there's the, the sovereignty of God. God oversees everything, and then there's, there's free will. Man can do what he wants. And so basically what this is saying is that somehow God has limited or withheld an aspect of, of this, uh, the, the truth that he is sovereign over all things in order to draw us into a loving relationship and given us free will. I mean, how, 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 just imagine if you were God for a second. We usually say, let's get out of thinking that we're gods. Um, but, but let's just imagine we were God for a second. How fun is the game, or for how long, and I, I hate to call this a game, okay? This, life's not a game. It's a relationship with God. But just, let's think about it like we're some kind of fictitious, you know, God of some sort. Or think when you're the best at a game or something. And I hate to just move it to this level, but so I want you to know my heart. I'm not, I'm not belittling this big kind of giant questions and the role of God in our life and to think that he's some puppeteer that's kind of making us crazy on this earth. But to think how long would that game be? How, how, how fun would that be for so long? Or is it more beautiful? Is it a more beautiful relationship to, to love them with undying love and let that truth be revealed through the beauty of creation and through relationships as, as the love of Jesus and of God is, is known in this world and he draws us into that. He gives us free will. And so there's these two big theological concepts. One is sovereignty of God. He's overseeing everything, making every single thing happen. The other one is free will. And so like we looked at earlier in the summer with faith and works, and there's kind of these two big things of how does salvation happen? Is it faith only? Is it works only? We were looking at the book of James, the, the letter from James, and he said, yeah, 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 it's both of them. <laughs> so it's both. It's faith, but it's kind of proven by works that you, that you believe. And so I would say the same thing with, with this theology. You'll find many... Christian camps that will say sovereignty of God only, and then we begin to ask our question, well, how do we resolve all these things that are going on in the world? And here's the truth, and I think it needs to become a truth for every single one of us. Some of us, our gods are that big. God to us is, is, is a small God, but, and, that, so, and I think we keep him that way in our brains so that we can have control so that we can reason through the things that happen. We can make sense of it all. But when you can make sense of God, the ways of God, Scripture said that his, high, his ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are, are so much bigger than ours. His love is so much stronger than ours. When we can really get a grasp on that and reason that and understand that, then really we've just, we've just made God a really small God that we can control and pop in our pocket and manipulate when we want to, and that's about control. But when we have this view of God, it's like, God, I can't understand you. 
and we have this wonder and this, this mystery. It, it, it keeps the relationship alive. It, it keeps the beauty alive in the relationship that God's called us into. Not picking sovereignty or free will, but saying, yes, both are true, and I can't understand that. I can't wrap my brain around why God would do this, why he's formed the world in the way he would, and why everyone has free choice and free will, even when it's evil. But God's good. So the control is a myth. There's one element to that. There's, you know, uh, Beckett uh, likes to hop in the driver's seat and drive. You guys you seen kids do this? Every time we try to put him in a seat, he wants to jump to the front seat and sit in there, and he just loves this. He loves to go to Publix or to, uh, like, Whole Foods or Lowe's, and anytime we drive by one, he goes nuts because he wants to drive, the, and he goes like this. He just wants to drive the car. And so when he jumps into our car, he can sit up there and, and play with it, and he can change all the blinkers, and, and he can hit every button, and he can turn the, the seat warmer on so that we get really weirded out when we sit in the car in the middle of the summer. We're like, oh my gosh, it's so hot. He can do all of those things, but that car is going nowhere unless I get in the driver's seat, and I put the keys in, and I turn it, and I back. The car's not going anywhere. Control is a bit of a myth if you will. And in our whole life, this relationship with God is about us learning to lose control like Jesus did. Jesus came here and modeled it for us in the most, to use Jesse's word, epic of ways. And when he said, not my will, God, your will be done, even to death on a cross. So control is a bit of a myth. There's an element of it in which uh, as we, we learn to submit ourselves in obedience, we do. We, we take control over the, the, of our lips and different things, but we're obeying Christ as we do those things. He's the one that really has control. Uh, one of my favorite verses, Galatians 2.20 says, it's not me who's living, it's Christ that's living through me. So really it's not my decisions that are happening, it's his decisions that are happening all along. And so, let me just tell you, it's really good news. This is good news. Control is a myth, and we can kind of get have a lot of fear, and we can fight that to our dying day, but it's, gr- it's great news. I, I've even changed from good news to great news. Because Scripture says, Romans 8, 28, we know that all things, um, that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. He's working things for good. So even when you get your hands on it and you can't, can't wait anymore for God to, to show up, you know, and it's robbing us of faith and relationship. God's working things for our good, even when we mess it up, even when we make wrong decisions, even, even God's bringing things to good for those that love him. So I think some of us will be like, hey, God's going to work it out anyway. So we just go on our happy way and we forget to stay in a relationship in, in which we're operating in love. And slowly but surely, we begin to see all these great purposes that we felt like at one point God had for us, and maybe these things were ahead of us, and God had great plans for us, but all of a sudden we see these lose, and what happens? We get bitter at God. Like, you said you were going to work everything out. Yeah, 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 but read the rest of the verse. It says, who love him, those who love him, for the good of those that love him. God wants to work things to your good. And in fact, those that, that turn their back after God's shown them love, it actually gets worse for them. I mean, you've seen that in people's lives. I don't have to, to walk through that. Romans 8, 28 is a great one. Another one that's really popular is Jeremiah 29, 11. You guys have all heard this one. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Sometimes it's tough to put like our 
one year, two year, three year, five year plan, I'd say 99% of us don't have a plan. We don't have a plan financially. We don't have a plan for our family. We don't have like a mission statement of how we want to live our life. And really, the, the scriptures say that really without a plan, the, the people perish. Like without a vision, the people perish. If you don't have an idea of where you're going, it, it, it's probably going to die at some point. But here's the good news, that God does have a plan. And it's to give us hope and to prosper us. And not to harm us, to give us a, an incredible future. And so that's the good news, is that we can just find ourselves at rest, and we're releasing our will, releasing our plans, and resting in his plans. Because they're good. Because they're good. He knows, he knows the route. One of my, my favorite scriptures that I've just been kind of meditating on over the past couple of weeks is, is uh, you're a light. Your word is a, a lamp unto my feet. When it gets really dark, we really don't have answers for the next step we, we, we have in our life. I just remember that scripture. Your word's a lamp or it's a light to my feet. God, I don't have to have the final answers. I don't have to know my final destination. I've just got to look at your word. I've got to look at Jesus. I've got to look at this incredible life-giving um, words of scripture and just know that he's going to light my next step. And that's all we need. We're not comfortable with that because we can't control that. We want to know we're going to get there. We want to know how. Is anybody else like that? Am I the only one? And we just need that next step. I was really overwhelmed with this when I was a kid. And I was like thinking way too philosophical thoughts when I was young. <laughs> Put it like that. And um, I was just struggling. I always had a very honest relationship with my mom. And she just told me, son, you don't need... You don't need to go from A to T or A to Z. You just need to know B. God's just got to show you B. And that took a lot of pressure off. <laughs> you know? It took a lot of pressure off. I just need to gotta light my, my, my feet today. So it's good news because he's got great plans for us. And, and finding just release our, our own and, and let him walk in those. It's good news. And let me just add on to the good news today because you're not alone you ever, <laughs> there's these really funny pictures um, online, and I, I can't exactly remember, but it's basically like scared bros or something like that, um, and it's these pictures of this haunted house up in Canada, and they have this one spot that scares everyone, I mean, it flips them out, and, and uh, so there's all these like, um, you know, kind of big muscular dudes and, you know, think they're real tough. And, and so they, they start walking through this, and they're all like hands on the shoulders. That's how you walk through a haunted house, so, so you don't feel like you're alone because it's, it's scarier when you're alone. And so they get these incredible pictures. You've got to go look it up of these guys like, like just like scared to death. And like it's a trick, basically. Like they're just doing it to get pictures, to make money online through advertising and you name it. But all these guys come in there and they get these hilarious pictures. And, but the, their hands are always, none of them are ever walking alone. They're always together because it's scary when we're walking it alone. Uh, throughout scripture, there's a phrase or a couple of phrases that are very similar. One is fear not and one is don't be afraid. They show up a ton of times in scripture. If you're dealing with fear in this week, go look up all the scriptures that deal with fear. And that say fear not. And at 90, 95% of them, what you'll see that follows them is don't be afraid or fear not because I'm with you. Don't be afraid, fear not because... I'm with you. 
and for a people, for Americans that are so hardworking and so intelligent. We have in more information and knowledge. You can look anything up on YouTube and figure out how to do it. You can figure out how to change a baby's diaper. You can figure out how to remove an engine out of a Honda. You can figure it all out. Life's a little bit good about that. But that gives us a sense of control and a sense of we've got this under control. That often we forfeit this incredible relationship from the creator of the universe who says, you don't have to be scared because, because you've got it all figured out. You cannot be scared because I'm with you. Because I'm present with you. Jesus said it to his disciples, what's actually our mission statement, Matthew, 8, or Matthew 28, 19 and 20, he says, go make disciples and all the earth. Jesus is, is leaving the earth, his, his ministry on the earth and in human flesh, and he says, and I'm with you to the end of the age. Another point to his disciples, and they, he was telling them, hey, I'm going to be leaving you soon. He was like giving them a heads up, guys, prepare yourself, this news will be easier, it'll be easier once I'm gone. He said, no, but I'm going to send you a paraclete or a comforter. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And, it'll, and the word literally means to like come alongside of. He's literally coming alongside of us in this journey. But in our kind of prideful American culture, we can do it ourselves. We can figure it out ourselves. And, and like Paul said, I'm the chief of all sinners when this I'm the chief of all sinners with this. It's so easy to get our hands on it and figure it out and use our reason to do it. It's a lot harder to just find rest in a relationship that will sustain us through the darkest of nights because he's with you. And maybe you're going through something really tough right now and you just, you just need to hear that, that he is with you. You are not alone, though you're the only one in your bed crying at night, though you're the only one dealing with the stuff at work and nobody else knows what's going on, or even in a, in a family center at home, no one else knows what's going on. We won't let them in. Know that God is with you. You can fear not. This, this scripture right here, Moses had passed away. Moses is like, you know, epic leader of, uh, he's a prince of Egypt, led God's people up out of slavery for after they'd been there for 400 years. He was the guy that God chose to lead them out. After he dies, jo- um, God's speaking to Joshua, who's the next leader. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong. Be courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Because of those reasons, because he's with you is why we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be discouraged. I want to look at one last passage, and we're actually going to go back to this passage next week, Hebrews 12. We're going to look at verses 1 through 3 today. I just want to look at verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Can you throw that up? It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, hear this, the pioneer, the, the author and the perfecter of faith, the, the pioneer, the author and the finisher of faith, the perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Basically, this is saying what God starts, he's going to finish. And maybe you've got some things going on in your marriage. Maybe you've got things you're struggling to make it through school and you don't know how the finances are going to happen. Maybe you've had dreams or visions of ministry or, or, or great works. 
and you don't know how it's going to happen. You can't see the end yet. Just remember this. He started it. He's going to finish it. He's the author. He wrote the book. He wrote the plans of your life. And, and, and he's not just going to make something work out a little better than what you had planned. He's going to perfect it. You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to write a new plan. You don't have to write a better plan. Good luck with that. He's going to perfect it in us, in us individually, and in us as a community. I'll tell you, the past couple of months, I've been kind of intense with what I've been doing behind the scenes. A lot of people don't realize what's going on. I don't say this to um, whatever, but I've been doing a lot of things behind the scenes. It's a lot of really boring stuff, actually. I've been sitting in front of a computer doing organizational development and, you know, org charts and big plans for the future and been, you know, putting a lot of leaders in place and, um, you know, kind of developing them, training them, getting all these kind of moving parts. And a lot of it is my hands on different aspects of what God's doing here and saying this needs to go here, this needs to go up here. A lot of using my brain. Anybody sit in front of a computer eight hours a day and just have to, like, manipulate some of that stuff, and it's, it's a little bit exhausting. It's kind of boring, if I'm just honest. But through that, I, I just felt like just confidence, like, yeah, we got this thing going, man. We got a good thing going here, everything. Got these leaders in place, got this worked out, all these kind of, and I just kind of felt good. I was like, man, things are going really good. Everything's amazing. Over the past couple of months, we've lost two of our closest friends and leaders in this church. God's just slowly pulling that rug out from me personally. And God's raising up, when one leaves, he's raising up four to replace, which is really beautiful, by the way. I love how God does this thing. He knows what he's doing. When one steps out, four go into place. It's, it's amazing how God does that. But personally, this deal of fear and control hits me probably more, just as much as anybody in this room and God just slowly pulling out so I will just rely on him. And I think for some of us in our own lives, you may feel like the rug's coming out from under you. You thought you had a grasp on things where things were going. You may feel the rug coming out. And just know that God's drawing you into a greater relationship with himself. And it's for your good. You're not alone. He's got good plans for us. And so I want to invite you to stand with me today. And we're going to submit those fears to the Lord on prayer, and in worship in the next couple of moments. But um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray a prayer. I'm going to pray it personally. This may be weird. Usually I'm like praying for everybody. I'm going to pray it personally. And, and I pray that if you can receive that for your own life today, if you're dealing with this aspect of fear, control, and maybe you're not, and, and maybe that season's coming for you. But I think God's going to bring freedom. Maybe, maybe you've been controlling things, and you really thought you could work your way to salvation, and, or you've been just going it alone. Maybe today's the day you, you say yes to Jesus. Like, I don't have all the answers. I, don't de I definitely don't have this figured out. But God, I want to say yes to you. I encourage you in the next few moments to just make that commitment to him in your heart. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be King James Version. Just be honest and be real with him. He's got a hope for you. He's got a future that's going to blow your mind.
I heard this pastor um, this week, and I went to a leadership conference. He's out in Las Vegas, and that's like a tough city. I know I said I'm going to pray for you. Just chill out for a second. Um, he's out in Las Vegas, and he said, man, this is a tough city to minister to. I mean, everybody's there to gamble and, like, party. And um, it's like, it's a tough city to do a church. And there's been, he said, hundreds of times where he just wanted to quit and give up. He just wanted to quit and give up. And recently they had a, a large gathering in a giant conference center with all their campuses across their city. And he looked out and God just spoke to him so clearly and he said, you almost gave up on this. You almost gave up on this. And he said, it struck him like a sword through his heart and just broke him. And maybe you're at that point in your own life where you know God's called you to things. He's maybe called you into relationship for the first time and you just want to give up on it. You want to give up on the dreams, the plans that he's given you. Don't give up. Let's not miss that opportunity to say, I almost gave up on this. I'm excited about what God's going to do here. Let's pray. God, there are moments in my day that because I don't understand everything, because I can't control every aspect of my own life, let alone anybody else's life, I'm struck with fear and discouragement because things don't work out like I thought they would, God. Sometimes I get scared but I thank you Father I thank you for your everlasting love God your love that pursues me into a relationship God your love that tells me that you're going to finish what you start that you're walking with me day and night God help us to just feel peace God help us to not forfeit God, help us to not forfeit the life to the fullest that you've given us, God. Help us to not get stuck in this death loop of our routines and miss out on what you're calling us to. It's right in front of us. God, I pray that those that are crossing the line for the first time and saying yes to you, I pray they'd feel the joy of the Lord. For those that are experiencing moments of doubt and fear, I pray that we would find peace that passes understanding. I pray that your people would find rest. We'd learn what it means to release control of our lives. In Christ's most precious name, I pray. Amen.